I'm Scott Weatherly. Welcome to 20th Century Geek. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of 20th Century Geek. And this is a, a bonus feature, if you will. A full episode, don't get me wrong, a full episode, but a bonus feature. You've had your commentary on Child's Play uh, in the last episode, where I was joined by Kim. So, I actually had the opportunity to interview uh, the great Ed Gale recently uh, to discuss Child's Play, Howard the Duck, uh, Spaceballs, he was in Spaceballs, uh, and all the things that sort of go go on behind the scenes um, in the Hollywood industry. So, sit back, uh, enjoy my conversation with Ed Gale, and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, so I know you're a busy man, so we'll get stuck straight in. So first off, thanks, thank you very much for taking the time out to uh, to speak to me. Um, oh, thank you for remembering me. That's it's all right. Um, so I read your bio actually. I, I knew I was doing the research on Howard the Duck to start off with, um, and I started sort of like you know built from there when I started to learn about you. But the thing I learned is you left school. Well, two years after you left school, you you went to California to become an actor. Um, so can you tell t- tell me about that? Did, had you had you been doing acting at school, or was it just something you always wanted to do? No, it's something I'd always wanted to do, and I think every, about eight years of age, I said I'm going to California to become an actor, and you know, I mean, people say, okay, that's cool. Not that they, you know, that. It wasn't negative. They weren't, you know, ill-supporting me, but they weren't supporting me, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, they would nod and agree, and that was it, really. Right, pat you on the head. That's nice. Yes, yeah. You know, after college, you know. Yeah. And um, I met a friend of a friend who would drive um, RVs, motorhomes, across the country to be delivered. Because unlike cars, you don't haul 20 at a time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he he, he told me, he said, I, I heard you wanting to go to California. He says, I go once or twice a month. And I'd be more than happy to give you a ride out there. Good, good so to I have good friends. I, sorry? Good to have friends, you know, in... Uh, in, in yes. Yeah. It was a... Uh, being at the, just just like I said, I my quote that being a success in Hollywood is one um, percent looks, two percent talent, and ninety seven percent luck. Yeah, and um, I happened to be in at the right place at the right time. And same as when I got my very first audition, I'd done no acting at all, and then two years later, I got my I got a an audition call, again right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Did you have an agent then at this point? Oh no, no. If you have, if you've never, you know, worked in the business, you you're hard pressed to get an agent. <laughs> it's a little they bit like it's a bit like over here. Forget. There's um, we do things like you know job placements and stuff, and then it's sort of um, you can't get a job placement without experience, but you can't get experience without a job placement. You can get quite a, quite a a vicious cycle. 
Right. Um, we, over here, we call it Catch-22. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can't get an agent unless you were, you know, famous. And if you're famous, you don't need an agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I managed to... Um, I had a friend who she said she she said, quote unquote, that she was my manager. Right. In all actu- in all actuality, she was, but she wasn't my theatrical manager. She was my manager at work. Okay. And so she didn't lie. Yeah, yeah. And once she did, took the call, because I freaked, <laughs> I handed her the phone. I handed her the phone. I go, they want me for an audition at Universal Studios. Uh, and I handed her the phone, and then she hung up the phone and went to the library. You know, we didn't have a, the internet and all of mm-hmm. that. So she ran to the library, got as many books on managing an agent and acting, and she was learning right along. As I was learning to be an actor, she was learning to be a manager. Wow. Getting thrown in the deep end. So, like... um like everything in Hollywood, it was fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. So that that first role in that first audition at Universal, so that was Howard the Duck, was it? Yes. My, I tell everybody that Howard was my very first anything. It was my first audition, my first rejection, <laughs> my first callback, and then, of course, my first job, my yeah. first acting role so I I did it all in just a couple of months I was auditioned I was screen tested I was rejected I was called back I was reconsidered um rejected again and you know blah 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 yeah and even eventually landed the role out of curiosity, look, how, so how did the screen test work? Considering that you'd have been in, you were in a, uh, a suit, like the duck suit for the film. No, they didn't even begin making the suit until after they cast yeah. because they couldn't. So they just wanted to know how physical I was and I could be. Yeah. And so they were they were auditioning all, like all, all auditions are what I call flavored. Or themed, they're all, you know, white people or black people or Latin yeah. or tall or short or male or female or Asian. You know, they and you can speak with an, a dialect, you know, or you look like Harry Potter. You know, whatever. Yeah. Everybody, you know, so so everybody in the room is the same. When you think you're one of a kind, trust me, you're not. <laughs> That's it. No one's, no one's a unique snowflake. Not until you get, I mean, you are until you get to Hollywood and they say, we're looking for somebody over six feet six. Yeah. And you think, wow, you know, there's only two of us. <laughs> and you get there and, and there's 400. <laughs> yeah. You know, so anyway, we did the, um, you know, I could run, I could jump, I could tumble. You know, I could do the trampoline, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I have to also have to understand I was 22 at that time. Yeah. 20, 21-ish. 
21 when I did all those auditioning. And they said they were looking for someone be, um, two foot ten. I apologize for your audience. I don't know metrics, so maybe you can interject. No, I'm, um, I'm old enough to know exactly. Yeah, I work in the same. Okay. <laughs> um, they were looking from two feet ten inches tall. Yeah. To three feet three feet tall, and of course I'm three foot four. So they 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 said I was. They loved me. I did great. I'm gonna go far, you know, blah blah blah. You you know, you're a star, but you're not right for us. You're too tall. And wow, of all the times to ever be rejected, <laughs> yeah, for being for being too tall, today is not the day. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so I just went home and you know, game over. Yeah, yeah. Now I gotta fig. Now I gotta figure out how to do this acting stuff and again no one knows me so i'm still i'm not going to get an agent because i auditioned you know that nothing mm -hmm. then they called me back and they said they, they they moved the height to three foot to three foot two and i said but i'm three foot four and they said that, that's fine just come on in <laughs> okay that was great nope you're too tall and then they would. They wondered if I would be if I would consider being a stunt double and or an understudy. Yeah. If a person couldn't do that. Mm hmm. So of course I'm brand new. I go, yeah, I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Even, I don't even know what a stunt duck would do. Yeah. I I don't know what an understudy is. I've never done theater, and you know, so I took the role, and they hired a. I believe a 12-year-old boy who was probably my size, maybe an inch shorter. Mm -hmm. And being 12 years old, he could only work, I believe, four hours a day at that time. This is 1985. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he could only work four hours, one hour of which had to be um, meal time, and one hour had to be, two hours had to be school. So wow. he only got him for an, so he only got him for an hour anyway. Yeah. And there could be no fire around him, no explosions. You couldn't. He couldn't be off the ground more than one or two feet. I mean, the, it's a very th some serious limitations rule. on filming then. Yes, because there's been so many accidents and injuring mm -hmm. children and things. And um, you know, eventually it was becoming cost prohibitive. And the editors said they can't match, you know, him and I. We walk very differently. And if you're familiar with little people, there's really no two alike. Yeah. I mean, you can get someone your size and you could fit their clothing. Of course, yeah. Um, but in my world, you wouldn't get any two alike. Right, okay. And so the editor was having a hard time because he walked like a 12-year-old and I walked like a 20-year-old, 2-year-old, 22-year-old. Yeah. And I held a cigar like a man. He held it like a bumbling kid trying to... Pretend to be a man. The, you know, smoking for the first time yeah. out, behind the, out behind the barn, you know. <laughs> and I smoked, you know, back then, a pack a day. I haven't smoked in over 10 years, but... You know, so a lot of the stuff came easy and came natural. Yeah. 
slapping a girl on the butt saying, hey, chick, what's up? <laughs> you know, and a little boy is like, why would I want to do that? And where's his motivation? Yeah. And, you know, acting, you have to draw motivation from the past. Yeah, yeah, from your experience, so it, isn't that? Yeah. And eventually I took over the role and we, we shot everything, plus kept shooting the, the current stuff. And a 10-week shoot schedule turned into 10 months. Whoa. Yeah. So that kind of worked out for me. Yeah, yeah, it keeps <laughs> you in a job. I, I bought a house. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So was it full, was it a good set then to be on? I mean, as a first-timer, you know, did you, were you able to learn a lot? Were they willing to you know support you through it? Or was it like in the deep end and you had to sink or swim? Oh. It was deep end. Right. They didn't walk. They didn't hold my hand at all. And um, I mean, some of them did, of course. Actually, the people at at Lucasfilm who made the costume helped me a lot. And Tim Rose did the voice for the filming. Then Chip Zion did the the professional voiceover. You know. Mm. But Tim was very much. You know, helped me and a, a few other people, and um, to and Leah Thompson was a total doll. She helped me a lot. Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey Jones was a a tremendous help, and in fact, he came to my home for Thanksgiving that year because nobody, you know, no sense in going home for the holidays. No, no, you have to work when you have to work the day before and the day after. Yeah, yeah. So we worked, I mean, it was a grueling schedule, you know, holidays were one day off, barely. Yeah. And, um, you know, most of the times people fly out of the country or out of the state, you know, for holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actors don't, you know, when they, when they, you take work when you can get it. So it sounds like it was a good, you know, say you threw in the deep end, but you cast and, you know, it seemed to be close enough they were supporting you through it there's quite a lot of special effects and some real stunts in the film so is it is it you involved in all those stunts then like on the uh there's you is it there's tim robbins and that on the um uh glider plane and like you said there's a lot of tumbling right. around um, and stuff so i did 90 percent. i did whenever you saw the plane and it's a hundred percent the whole plane flying in the distance, it was not me. Right. I was too scared. They took me up one time, and I said, hell no, no, <laughs> no, no. And any time you saw Tim and Howard conversing close up, you couldn't see the entire plane. Mm -hmm. It was it was hooked to a rig, and we were on the ground, of course. Mm. And I, the... Um, Probably the, the most dangerous thing I did on the plane would be when they landed on the back of the the big rig truck. Right, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and I was on a crane, so they, you know, could hit, land on the truck, you know. It yeah. just, there's no room for error. Yes, yeah, of course. And um, I had a few stunt doubles. Uh, Debbie Carrington, Marguerite Fernandez... And, um, oh, God, I forgot his name. I just had it on my tongue. 
and they did a lot of the stunts for me. Right. Okay. So one qu- regarding the stunts and the people, the you know, the other stunt doubles, uh, I've got the film on Blu-ray and it, it you know it, it polishes up really well in that. Could, what was the visibility like in the suit? Um, basically zero. Yeah. Uh, the eyes would fog up just like your glasses right. do, you know, in a steam room. And um, the only time I could see is if the mouth was open. Uh, okay. And so the mouth was closed a lot because it wouldn't make sense for mm-hmm. his mouth to be hanging, hanging open. So I came up with a way to rehearse backwards. I would count my steps backwards and then do it forward. And yeah. it's to be able to hit my mark. Yeah. And everybody has an ability that they were born with. And people are like, how do you do that? And you don't know. You just always knew whether it was electronics or car engines. You know, they're just people who were born with, or, you know, artistic who can draw, who can paint. Yeah. Mine was, I always had um, a third eye. I always knew, I always had a grip on my surroundings. And so they would say, I need you to hit this mark right here. And they would open the mouth. I would look and see his foot on the ground. And... You know, you call action, and I could basically hit that mark. Wow. I, just, I always had an idea of what was going on around me. Now, you change that scenario, and then there's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. And they, would ch- and they would change that scenario all the time. Right. After rehearsal, we'd go to, you know, sit down and rest, because it's, they could never take me out of the suit during the day, so I was in that suit up to 17 hours a day. Jeez, 17 hours? And... Up to yeah, you know a lot of lot of lot of mostly ten twelve hour days, yeah. but we've done some seventeens, and um, so you know I go sit back in a in a chair, and of course I couldn't sit in a conventional chair because I had the duck butt. Yeah, yeah. So they had to fabricate a leaning board that I could lean up against with a hole in the back, <laughs> so I didn't crush the butt because the the computer the brains were in the butt. All right, yeah, yeah, the animatronics. And, and then stuff. The, ca- the cables ran up the back to the motors in the eyes, eyelids, eyebrows, mm-hmm. mouth, lip, lips. You know, I had I had like seven. I had nineteen different motors in my head. So that's a lot of puppeteers. Yeah. And then after we did all the rehearsing, you know, the camera people would say everything is fine. But we need to move this table. There's a shadow. Right. No problem. No problem. They move the table. They don't tell the actors because the actors have eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see it. I don't. No. So on action, I run into the table. (laughs) And they're like, didn't you see the table? I said, no. Are you new? We've been doing this for weeks. I can't see. Mm. And I've done where, and they look like jokes. You know, I walk over and I go to sit down on the chair, and the chair is not there. And I fall down. It looked like a Jerry Lewis movie. Yeah. <laughs> so another another reason why it took so long to do the film was the reshooting and and the the takes and the retakes and you know it was just quite it was an undertaking you know it, quite an undertaking that 
you almost think they bit off more than they could chew. Well, that's what I was going to say, actually. It seems, you know, for the time, for the technology and everything available at the time, it's, it seems ambitious to have a full, like, almost like I could say a full bodysuit with a working face and everything. Well, it's, it, uh... it, it's like George Lucas. The technology doesn't exist, and he builds it. Oh, ex- yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no, like Star Wars, I need a, a way to make, you know, whatever, person disappear and reappear. Yeah. Well, we don't have that technology. Well, he says build it. Yeah. Well, I can yeah, imagine that's... that the um, like the Ewok suits are probably sort of like a precursor to the Howard the Duck suit. You know, it's an evolution. That's probably the starting point. It's built up from there. So, I think that the, 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 where they got lucky is the heads came off very easy. Yeah. And they didn't have a lot of facial, you know, contortions. It was more of a Muppet. You know yeah. what I mean? They didn't have to... They didn't have to be so specific, and um, ET the same way. R two D R two D two. You didn't and C three PO. Horrible costumes to wear, beautiful costumes to watch. Yes, yes, I can imagine. But no, no facial. Mm. Well, Howard the Duck had to look as close to human as as possible. So I had all, like I said, all of the puppeteers. Yeah, puppeteers to operate my eyes. And then when you break the eyes down, there's eyeballs, eyelids, eyebrows. It really is a feat. I mean, technologically, it's amazing. Yes, yes. Just, I mean, look at the human face one day and pick out a show, especially a talk show where it's easier or the, or a monologue. Yeah. And, and, and just look how many muscles are in the human face that move. And it also all has to be coordinated at the same time. Yeah. You know, if if there's a an explosion and the person, you know, I, it's hard to explain on a radio show, but if you have to gasp in surprise, you know, you have to stop, inhale, eyes wide open, shoulders go up. So I have to work, I have to know what the puppeteers are doing and they have to guess what I'm going to do. And we have to do it all at the same time. That's what I, so there, yeah, there's that, your retakes and well, retakes. Well, that's what I was just thinking. I mean, having watched the film recently, it's sort of you, you, you have to have worked as a. Re- I mean, did, did you get on well with the puppeteers? I get to know them because you must have worked as a team to be able to, like you say, to synchronize that. That you know they're puppeteering the suit with you reacting in it to get the physicality and stuff. Oh, there's an uncanny, you know, connection with Tim Rose and I. I wish you could talk with him. He's over there with you. He's on the other side of the pond. I may, I may, um, re- yeah, I know. If you, I'll tell you, if you, if you let him know, I'm, I'll definitely reach out to him. It'd be amazing to speak to him. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to email him. He's, he reached out to me at an autograph convention over there, and then somebody on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the world is so much smaller now. It is, and. um but it was it was again one of those uncanny events where if I was standing there by myself doing nothing, there was always a camera on me twenty four seven. So the puppets, the puppeteers could see, make sure nothing rips, you know, nothing goes bad. Yeah, They're yeah. constantly testing the motors. An airplane flies over, and my my whole face goes out of control. <laughs> 
uh, a walkie-talkie nearby and the radio you know, signals. I, my eyes twitch. Yeah. But I could be I could be sitting there talking to somebody just offset. Uh-huh. And as I, and, and Tim has no idea what's going on. But he's doing my voice. He's doing the voice and he's matching what I'm doing just automatically. It becomes that sort of yeah, the synchronicity. It becomes automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, husbands and wives they finish yeah. their own sentences. Yeah, yeah. And he did. He would. He would. Or I would. You know, um, I would be walking to the set, and maybe I'd trip, and he would say, "Shit, what was that? Uh, <laughs> Move that." You know, and I would like. Then I would once he said that, I would point toward it. Yeah. Said, that move. You know, get it out of here. All, all, you know, we just became one, and it was scary. Amazing. I mean, it sounds like a good. I mean, considering this, you know, it was your first uh, on-set experience, so it sounds like it went really well. Because obviously, you you carried on. It didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't kill your interest in it at all. Because um, if I wanted to quickly move on then to, you know, you were in the in the Howard the Duck suit seven, you know, between ten seventeen hours a day. Moving on to another film where you were in a suit. In fact, two films I want to mention. You're also one of my favorite horror characters, you're Chucky. Oh, that was my third film. Yeah. We, we, we sandwiched Spaceballs in the middle with Mel Brooks. And then we did um, Child's Play with Tom Holland. Yeah. So how did you get involved with that? Um, ironically, it's a small business. Hmm. And um, it seems like a big business, but, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of actors out there trying, and there's only, you know, 25 actually working. Yeah. And I was was blessed to be an outsider at first, and um, the first assistant director went from Howard the Duck to Spaceballs, and he introduced me to Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I got, and Mel hired me on the spot, and I didn't even know what, yeah, what the hell was going on. Yeah. And, you know, Danny introduced me to him, and, and Danny is six foot six or seven, a Swedish guy. Yeah. And here I am, three foot four, and Mel was like, how the hell did you meet? (laughs) And he said, oh, he... You know, my, my last movie, Howard the Duck. Um, he played Howard. And Mel Brooks said, oh my God, anybody who can do that fucking movie can be in my movie any day. <laughs> well, welcome aboard. And I go, your movie? What movie? You know, in, in my head. Yeah. I'm like, what What movie are you doing? What? what why? You know, hello? <laughs> I just came here to go to lunch with Danny, you know. And then I believe they went on, to, and then the the unit producer of Howard and Spaceballs went on to do Child's Play, and I um, and people had recommended me to Tom Holland, and they said that you know I I did Howard the Duck, and Tom Holland looked at it at a technical aspect, who didn't care about the box office didn't care about anything like the politics he was like he's like that's a physical job he did a physical 
demanding job and a costume, I want him. So you're getting the reputation then. You get a reputation for being able to do the to do the grueling work then. Right. So I was the yeah, I was the one that you could throw around and I could do the stunts. You, you, you wouldn't have to. I was over eighteen. You didn't. I didn't have to have my mommy there. Yeah. I didn't have to have a school teacher. I didn't have to have a guardian. I didn't have to have a stunt double, which hell it was hard to find me. How would you find another one? Yeah. You know, to do my doubling. And it was bad enough that um, Chucky was, you know, 30% smaller than me. Yeah. So we we had to play a lot with that problem, you know. So what were the key... Because you did the stunts and things. So what were the key things in Child's Play then? What stands out to you as the key scenes or the key stunts you did for that film? Um, The full body burn in the fireplace. Ah, yes. Um... The full body burn across the living room, uh, the full body burn over the sofa. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the puppet couldn't walk, so anytime you see Chucky full body, yeah, it was more than, mostly me walking, jumping, running, falling. Right. I walked out of the uh, I walked out of the elevator. So- I walked into the I walked into the insane asylum. Opened the the boy's door, walked in his room, jumped up on his bed, and pulled the covers back, and he was gone. Right. Okay. So is that you? You know, at the uh, end, you say about the burn. So you know the um the fully burnt Chucky at the end. Is that you as well? Most of the time, but you also have to remember, I'm never, I'm never near any humans. Right. Okay. To, because, to keep the because I I'm the if you watch the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. Chucky would come up to the little boy's waist. Yeah. And Gail is exactly the same height as the little boy. Right, okay. That's not going to work, and he sure couldn't carry my fat butt, you know, <laughs> yeah. being, being the same height. Yeah, yeah. And it would constantly change. You know, Chucky would be getting taller, shorter, taller, shorter. Yeah. So yeah. what they did, Tom Holland devised a way to make duplicate sets. And they would make the kitchen for the family, uh-huh. and they would make the they would make the kitchen for me thirty three percent bigger. So you know the average kitchen counter comes up to your waist. If you were in my set, it would come up to your neck. Right. Okay. So they made like and a, a scale, like a scaled size of it. They're not oops, oops, scaling it. Yes, yeah, so it, it all had to be proportioned. Okay. So were you ever on set with um, like the cast and I mean obviously you were there when they were burning and you know that sort of thing so um cuz I, I remember Was I ever one? Sorry, say again. Were you ever on set then with the with you know with the cast um the I forget his name now the, the lad who plays oh, Andy yes, Barkley. I watched I was on I was on set every day. Right. Because uh, I had to watch I had to watch what the, the puppet was doing and what the kids were doing and what the adults were saying. You know, so I had I knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So I I didn't just you know go in there one day and shoot all those scenes. No, I had to shoot I shoot right along everybody else. And also when they wanted the puppet to do something very exacting and very specific, a lot of times the puppet couldn't do it. Right. And Tom is Tom is running into a budgetary problem. We're you know we're running out of time. And he said, just screw this. Get Ed, put him in the suit, 
shoot it two seconds, we're done. Yes. And that's like putting putting the key in a keyhole. Yeah. That's like a monkey screwing a football. <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And um, so they would try, you know, for three or four or five hours. They would give up. I would do it one shot, turn the key, done. We're done. You know, we're out of there. Yeah. And um, so they, they could use me. So although they credited me as stunt double, yeah, yeah. That was that was basically the producer's way of trying to cut me out of my full residuals. Yeah, that's but what it, I was, was going to ask because I was looking at the cast and they like say it obviously has Brad Dorif down as sort of like Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky and it's his voice. And on yes. IMDb, it, it does it has you under stunts, but which I, th- I thought was unusual. But Again, right. that was their way um, of trying not to pay me full. full residuals but it didn't work because the the contract they gave me said principal actor right so they they didn't put stunt double on the contract and so they did it in the credits you can't make them change 12,000 copies you know you can't yeah they just they issue an apology and on on record i played chucky um uh, on 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 paper uh, I mean, on paper, I played Chucky. On on the film, I was just a mere stunt double. So that was a little derogative and yeah, caused yeah, a little yeah. bit of caused a little bit of tension. And Giles played two caused even more tension. So I refused to do number three, and I went on and did some other films and stuff. Okay. Um, just going back to Chucky, one last thing. I heard a story. And I don't want to see if it's true, actually, that when, um, I've got his name here now, Vincent, Alex Vincent, and the, the guy who played Andy Barkley, obviously he was very young when he did it. Is it true that they introduced you um, and the director, Tom Holland, had, was it like his two-year-old or three-year-old niece or something at one point run across and they introduced them so he wouldn't be scared about being around Chucky? Is that true or was it, uh, was he okay Oh yeah, Alex's sister. Yes, that's right. Uh, Ashley, yeah. Ashley. It was, you know, I mean, introduced me to her as a person. Yeah. And then introduced, and then introduced Chucky. And um, you know, she was so tiny, she actually fit the puppet's clothing. <laughs> right. And as an, you know, as a, a homage or something. I don't know the word. I wasn't there then. I had just gone home, and it would be too expensive to have for me to come back. Yeah, and to get the costume back on and do that, they threw her in the costume, and she did the the one quick running scene. Yes, running behind Aunt Maggie in the living room when she thought she heard something, and then she walked out of the kitchen, and that led to that whole scenario. But she did one quick scene. Yeah, and. It was cute. I don't think she was a... I'm not sure if they even were allowed to credit her because of her age. I think she was four or five. Yeah. But it was cute. So Alex got to have his sister in the movie too, you know. Excellent. Yeah, and I was going to say a big fan of the Charles Play films. Um, but I, I, I was up until, you know, then they... they, they it was a political yeah. power play and just... And the, the script started going downhill, and the movies were just got worse and worse. And then 
and I just stopped doing them. I did I did um, one, two, and then I did the bride, and right. that was it. The seat of Chucky, I the script was horrible. I wouldn't even consider it. I, I've got to admit, I, it's funny you say that. Cause it, um, you know, the first one and the second one. I really like the, the the first two. The third one is a little iffy. Um, well, the third one they didn't have me, so they yeah. couldn't move Chucky. They had to move the camera. It feels it feels a lot more static in the film. It does feel a lot, yep. you know. Uh, Bride of Chucky, actually, I really enjoy, and I haven't. Well, the bride they had they, they had to beg me and beg me, and I kept saying no, and they paid me more money than any actor should have been allowed, <laughs> and I did it, and they used the word midget again, uh, like they did it, like they did in the second one which is the reason I didn't do the third. Right. And so I said, I'm done. I'm done with you people. Okay. This is 19... 19 what was Child's Bride of Chucky? 98? Bride of, yeah, Bride of Chucky's 1998. 98, 99. Yeah. And I just said, we don't use the word midget. You used it again. I, you know, someone... I was done. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, I mean, it's um, for, Is it true? I mean, there's another one coming. I think there's another one apparently... In the because uh, they did Curse of Chucky, which came out two thousand thirteen, which is all right. I quite enjoyed it, but there's another one coming. Uh, puppet and that that one was sad because, um, uh, well, during the Bride of Chucky, um, the creator Don Mancini uh-huh. came out of the closet, you know, being gay yeah. publicly, which is no big deal to me. Yeah, and um. But it seemed like he had to add a gay character in every part of the film. Yeah. And Hollywood Hollywood wasn't ready. And that's why, you know, Universal dropped the whole deal and they had to go with Rogue Pictures, who I've never heard of. Yeah. And um, they wouldn't they couldn't get a box office. So in, in the Bride of Chucky, you know, the the, the gay teenager mm-hmm. got hit by the bus got splattered by the bus. Yes, yeah, yeah. Then in the seat of Chucky, obviously the the, the 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 child of Chucky, Chucky's son, yeah, didn't know if he was gonna be Glenn or Glenda. Yeah, you yes. know he had that sexual identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. Then in the in, in the curse of Chucky, they had the lesbian kiss that went nowhere, came from nowhere. It yes, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think it felt like it was supposed to be a twist, but it didn't twist anywhere. Right. And that's because he just, you know, and he just had to have a gay something. Yeah. So I don't know what the cult of Chucky's going to have. I know they only shot 30 days. I know they only, um, extremely low budget. Yeah. And that'll go straight to DVD as well. So, yeah. but I've been, reti- I've been retired since 2003. So, um, my last film was the Polar Express. And then my last TV was... 2008-2009, Bones, and My Name is Earl, yeah. which I don't know shows it if you get over there or not. Yeah, 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 watch them both. Enjoy them both. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So you've had a really and varied then career could... then. You've been, you've done, because the other one I, I didn't really, I was just flicking through earlier on through your um, like resume, and you were you played, I'm assuming, one of the uh, station in uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes, if, if so, you notice... There were two, and I was the shortest one. Right. I mean, no, even even among little people, I'm the shortest. It's yeah. so bizarre. Um, Arturo Gill 
play at the other station, and we had a really good time there. Although that was probably the heaviest and one of the most excruciating costumes I had to wear. I can imagine. But but it's um it's 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 I tell everybody it's the job you love to hate. Yeah. And um, after every film, I call my agent. I'm done. I'll never do this again. <laughs> and as soon as the phone rings. What, what do they want? When do they want me? Where do they want me? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'll be there in a minute. You know? yeah. So it's, it's, you just get so physically exhausted and it just, it takes its toll, you know. Well, you know, I think, I think getting on the, getting on the, in, in, in the car or truck with your, with your friend all those years ago and going to California, it paid off. I mean, your career seems really varied and impressive and you sound like you've, you know, enjoyed it and you know. oh yes no no i i would that's one of the reasons i stopped is I, I started because i loved it and that was a point when they needed little people yeah and just by looking at my resume you know what i've done mm-hmm. and who doesn't want to be needed exactly and yeah. then by the time i was getting tired of what i call the game yeah and, and the the BS and everything. About the time I was getting tired of them, they were getting tired of me. Yeah. And so everything was computer generated. So the work was was, was falling off anyway. So it was a perfect marriage and a perfect divorce. You know. Yeah. And um, we parted ways. I, I I retired. They you don't see little people as Christmas elves anymore. You don't see little people as leprechauns anymore. No. It's always a big person shrunk down inside the camera, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, C- CGI, like my last film, Polar Express. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, I did nothing in the film. And I was a pretty big character. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And now it's coming down to where you just need to show up for a day or two and they'll make an entire film out of you. Yeah, yeah, it's like say it's that motion capture thing now as well, isn't it? Yes. Um, we all know obviously Marvel. Just, this one last thing then before we we will wrap up in a moment. But Marvel obviously taking off. Howard cameoed in a way at the end of the last um, Guardians of the Galaxy film. James Gunn has let his opinion of the first Howard film be known. If, regardless of that... Yeah, I know, I, po- I posted that on my Facebook. I saw, I saw it, I saw it a few times. I said, you know, he, he directed Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, and he hates the Howard the Duck movie. I just I just did it for the irony, I didn't do it because... No, no, you know, I, I, yeah, I saw it, I, I, I agree. But if Marvel it's like, was... It's, to... like, it's like me, I absolutely hate... Well, I don't, I don't like the word hate, but I, I absolutely dislike horror movies. I do not watch horror movies, yeah. I, I and yet I've done more horror movies than, you know, not those, with, you well, know, it's, Chucky it's, and Phantasm 2 and yeah. Friday the 13th and, you know, just Dolly Dearest, you name it. I've done so many horror films and I have all these horror fans and I'm just like, eh, yeah. are you going to watch the next Saw? Yeah. God, no, I didn't watch the first one. <laughs> it's the I genre that persists, I'm telling you. That's it. It's the genre that persists. It never. They got some big, big passionate fans in that in that genre. Um, but if they were to do a Howard the Duck film, would you be up for a cameo? No. No. 
No, um, I have restrictive lung disease, and I'm on oxygen all the time. And um, I'm on a lot of medication, uh, 16 pills a day, and they caused me to gain a lot of weight. Yeah. And so Howard would have to be in a nursing home. Oh. <laughs> and um, or in a wheelchair, and I could probably do it, but... Um, I think it, it would be funny yeah, yeah. if I, as myself, you know, as Ed Gale. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I'd love to see that. Like, you know, back, Stan Lee you know, was, in the back, was in the background. That's it. Maybe Stan Lee wheeling you across in a wheelchair. Yes. You know, and just just being in a set, you know, being in one of the scenes for no reason. That's you know, it. And, then, and then, you know, how it walks by and say, you know, you know, you know what's the what's the midget doing here or whatever? Yeah, and I'd be like, you know, fuck you. Last time we did this movie, you know, they used a real duck, okay? Yeah, just something, just something where the only people who would know are the people who know. Yes, no, it that would be, be fun. That would be really but good fun. In, in in this country, I don't know about the UK, but I'm on disability, which is a government program for those who cannot work yes so yeah, therefore the same thing. yeah so if i if i did the cameo they're like you can work uh yeah okay and they would take my benefits away so okay you know yeah. I'm, 50, I'm 54 years old i'm it's a kid's game you know That's it's a it. younger it's a younger people's game to do the physical costumes and such That's it. and i think everything you've done you've you've just you've, you've earned that retirement most definitely Thank you. Um, I, I hope I hope I did. You know. No, no it's brilliant. And uh, thank you, thank you for taking the time out on your Sunday. So, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. What, what time is it for you? Uh, just coming up to quarter to eight in the evening. Oh, not bad. Okay. Nah, no, it's too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Noon here. Yeah. Yeah, well, so not bad. Eight p.m. Okay. Yeah, it's good. So, Ed, it's been it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, have a great Sunday afternoon. And, Thank uh, you, and I I hope all your fans over there. Uh, your show grows. It's a wonderful show you've got. Thank you. And um, send them over to my Facebook, and um, I do a video every Sunday. I will so. do. I'll send them your way. And if you get a chance to email Tim Rose, I will definitely try and reach out to him. Do that and send me another email to remind me. I will do. Part of the oxygen deprivation is horrible memory now. Okay. And I will hang up this phone and forget it. Okay, I will drop you your know, mail soon. I'll forget your name. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to call you Clifford, but never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, kiddo. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, so you can see what a really, really nice guy Ed is. Um, and please do track him down on Facebook, uh, Facebook slash Ed Gale. He does do a video every Sunday um, and posts a lot of stuff on there. So it's really worth uh, giving it a visit. Uh, if you want to reach out to me as well, I'm on Facebook, Facebook slash 20th Century Geek. I'm also on Twitter, at uh, 20th Century Geek. Uh, if you really want to you know, go on and really tell me how you feel about things, which I really want people to do, please reach out to me. Email me at 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. 
Uh, of course, I'm on Tumblr and Instagram and all the others as well. So please try and find me on there. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this bonus feature. Uh, this was a fantastic opportunity for me. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I will be reaching out to uh, Tim Rose uh, at some point soon. So I'm hoping to have a fe uh, another bonus feature with him. Uh, thank you very much, guys. And in the next show, uh, Mad Mike Kennedy is back. And the pair of us take on the 80s cult classic masters of the universe an oiled up Dolph Lundgren wielding a sword and a, a young Courtney Cox at his side uh, it's going to be brilliant it's going to be great there may be drinking involved uh, I hope you join us thanks very much